0: Today on Lyft, we're going to be talking about how do we faith into our family's life. I've asked one of my dear friends, Leanne Hadley, to come in and talk to us about this. Leanne, can you tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah. um, Well, my name is Leanne, uh, like Kim said, and I um, am an elder in the United Methodist Church. And I've spent my entire career playing with kids and learning from kids and uh, and working with churches and families trying to deepen the spiritual lives of children. I run a nonprofit. um, I worked in migrant ministry, and I currently work at Christ Church United Methodist in Louisville, Kentucky.
0: Awesome. I'm so glad you're in town so we could have this conversation. So one of the questions I just want to start off with is. Why is it important to weave faith into our family's lives? Isn't that just for Sunday mornings?
1: It is important because you need God. Every family needs God. You know, when you're pregnant with your baby and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to make the perfect little world for this baby, um, once you have that baby, you realize that 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 baby's life is going to be just as hard as your life has been and you're going to need God and your child is going to need God. And they need to know that God is with them everywhere they go at home, at school, at play. And, uh, and so just doing it once a week, is just not enough. So you just want to build it, you know, surround your child like with a little nest of faith and, um, and then things will Things will be better.
0: I like how you frame that because I heard I wish I knew the person who said it. I think it's Brene Brown. But somebody, you know, when you see a baby for the first time, you say, oh, they're perfect. And um, the speaker said, stop saying that say, oh, you know, I'm so glad you had your child because they're not perfect. They're not going to be perfect. And we put these expectations out there from day one that this little infant is going to be this little perfect vessel of awesomeness. Mm-hmm. And then you take them home and it it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> no, no.
1: And you're not perfect as a parent either. No, so, you no. know, it's 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 harder than it looks. Although when they're perfect, when they're born in those little fingers and toes, they do kind of look perfect. Yeah, they do.
0: I love the photos. I, <laughs> I do. Um, so let's just talk practically. How do you then, as a family, weave faith into day-to-day life? Let's, since people listening probably have birth through high school, let's just start in the early childhood years. How do we weave our faith into breakfast in the morning or, you know, just family routines? So I think that
1: I want to start with the biggest mistake I think families make. the, The biggest mistake we make is thinking that it has to be something really big, really deep, really powerful. So we'll buy a book and then we'll get all the supplies to do the book and we're going to do it every night. We're going to read a really long passage from a book. We're going to read our Bible. Then we're going to like talk deeply as a family. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer and it's going to take 30 minutes a day. And most families have A minute a day, a couple of minutes to do their faith work. So, um, I think the main thing I want to say is keep it really, really simple. Start short and do it every single day. So, it's kind of like exercise. If you say, I'm going to exercise every day, I'm going to run three miles, blah, 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 uh, you probably won't. But if you say, I'm going to go for a walk every day, then over the long haul, you're going to get healthy. The same with your spiritual life. Start really, really simple and don't make it harder than it is. So that would be the starting point.
0: Okay. So starting simply, what do you do with an early childhood kid? So I think, you
1: know, with babies, you start by holding them and cuddling them. And in your own heart acknowledging that God is in that space between the two of you, which is such a close-knit space, but God just fits right in there. So I think you start just by rocking your babies and realizing that God has an important role to play in their lives. And then, as they get a little older, um, then it becomes really fun. Preschoolers are the easiest to do stuff at home with because they love everything. You can get them to do anything. And again, I think to build it into your routine of a day. So when you're reading those stories at night, make sure that one of those stories, is a Bible story. You don't have to read the Bible and that's it. But one of those stories, Bible story every night. When they're in the little bath and uh, you're doing, you know, this little piggy went to market, this little piggy stayed home, you um, start counting your blessings on their little toes. And pretty soon they'll count their own blessings on their own little toes. So you keep it playful and fun. And again, cuddle, cuddle, cuddle. And, and with preschoolers, you start naming it. So you start saying, when I hold you, I know that God is here. God loves you so much. I can feel that while I'm holding you. So you just start naming God. Um, and then as they get older, um, they get a little more resistant and you just keep doing it every day.
0: Why do you feel like they get a little more resistant as they get older? It,
1: well, I mean, it's part of development, right? I mean, they're just trying to be like, like independent selves. So everything you want to do, they don't want to do. They That word no is super powerful <laughs> and they like it and they right. say it a lot. Right. So as soon as they push back a little bit, and I think they also get busy I think we tend to get busier. So we don't have as many built-in playful moments and sweet, cuddly moments. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandson is seven and a year ago he was still cuddly. And now it's, it's, I'm lucky if I get one kiss and a hug out of that kid. So there's just that as they gain their independence. Mm -hmm. And I think with the prayer, you have to let them have that independence. So um, what you start doing is introducing some prayer tools. So you might make like a little altar in their room or a little space and that's their prayer space. little basket. And you put some prayer beads in there. You put some crayons and some paper and you say, let's pray together. You color, they color, you compare pictures. Uh, You do your prayer beads. They do their prayer beads. Um, Instead of you reading the Bible to them, you say, you read the Bible to me. I love when you read the Bible. So you let them have their independence, um, but you do it with them. Because um, just to say, you go pray. I'm going to sit over here. They're going to start wondering, why is this something kids do? And mom and dad don't do. So you got to do it with them every day, one minute, three minutes. It will change your lives.
0: So how have you seen that play out in the upper elementary, middle school years? Because they can be kind of horrific (laughs) (laughs) and wonderful yeah, and horrific. Absolutely.
1: Well, I mean, then they get super, it's super independent, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, there is a point where your influence is it's not going to be as influential as it was when they were little. So again, if there are parents of young children listening, you know, I just, I pray that you'll start this really, really early because it, it's easier to keep it going than to start it in middle yeah. school. But I think if you're starting it or even if you're continuing, I like a ritual, like you go to a weekly ritual um, where, you know, after dinner on Sunday night, Sunday night dinner, we're going to light a candle. We're going to read one scripture passage together as a family. We're going to share and we're going to say the Lord's Prayer again, it's going to take three minutes and they'll push back. Uh But you say, this is important to me. We're going to do it. Uh And so even though they get grumpy and even though they make fun of you and, oh, you're going to make me fail math and all those things that they're going to say to you because you're (laughs) taking their precious time. Uh, You know, I'm, you know, I got, you know how that goes. Anyway, just keep at it. Again, consistency every single day or once a week, once they get older and super busy, and you just can't fight that battle
0: every day. Right, right. So um, in our lives, <laughs> you know, I've been in the church my whole life. I don't really know a time that I didn't know God, right? It's I don't have that kind of story where I believe that God came into my life at this certain point. Like I've always experienced God in my life and my rhythm. Yet when I try to set up things for families at church to help them create a rhythm, I try to do it myself first at home. Cause right. Like right. if I'm going to do it, then maybe they'll do it. And if I don't even do it, no, like it's just not going to happen. Thank you. Uh, children. Uh, it's just poor, 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 <laughs> the, poor, you know, counseling's a good thing yeah. for, for all of us. Um, but the, the faith Weaving it in in simple ways has been something that I haven't so much intentionally done, but it's happened. Like, for example, if a fire truck goes past us when we were little, we'd always say a prayer for where they were going and the people inside the truck. Last week, I had my 13 and 15 year old in a car and a fire truck goes past us and they said, who wants to pray? And I thought, oh, man, this is still right. Like it's a it's a part of their rhythm and their lives. And that was nothing I did intentionally or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, What are some big wins that you've seen with the, let's start with like the non-intentional faith things. And then we can, you know, maybe move into like some intentional practices that you've done, but maybe some wins, um, That you've seen in some older kids or adult kids, because you've been in ministry long enough where you now. Yeah, my. Your kids are now. The kids I
1: started with are now parents. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a delight.
0: You're able to see that, the circle of faith and how they're instilling it in their families. What are some wins that you've seen in your ministry?
1: Well, I don't know if it would be a win exactly, but I will say that if you don't authentically love God and you are the parent, and you're trying to teach your children something that you don't believe, um, they see right through it. Mm-hmm. So the 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 wins that I've seen are from the parents who truly love their God, who read their Bibles, not because it's like a thing that we're going to check off the box, but because they love God. So um, what I've seen in families is like the the mother who gets up and reads her Bible every day. The children see that. And they think that meant a lot to my mother. You know, sometimes they'll leave the church for a while or, or doubt it or whatever, but they'll come back to that. And so I think that they, they're they watching a lot more than we realize. So I think people that authentically live their faith, really love God, pray in times of stress like you. You, you didn't intentionally say every time a fire truck goes by, we're going to pray. You were just moved to pray when you saw that. They saw that and they thought, that's real. Um, so I think those are the biggest wins that I've seen. Um. And I, you know, going to church matters. Like, I know that it's sort of, you know, trendy to say we're just going to go walk, climb a mountain or go outside and play or whatever. But going to church, the family, it does matter because it resets the whole family. It reminds everybody that we are people of God. We are people who follow Jesus. And it just it just resets the week. So I think that consistency in church matters. And I think this is one of the biggest struggles that we have is that sports and these things are taking such a big chunk of our lives. And I am not critical of that. I am right. a granny. I, I see the craziness that my daughter um, has. But I just think that for every time we skip it, for every time we say something is more important, it is a subtle message to our children that, there is, that it's important until this happens. It's important, except during these moments. So I think consistency of 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 going to church or making up for church in some other way. You're at a sports game and you decide, you know, we miss church. We're going to read the Bible when we get home. That's what we do as a family. So you don't skip those days. And the same thing with those consistent things. If the fire truck, sometimes you prayed and sometimes you didn't, your kids would have gotten the idea that that's an optional thing. Now it's almost like Pavlov's dogs, you know, we're going to just do it. Absolutely. It's
0: consistency.
1: That's what makes the biggest
0: difference. Well, and I mean, just personally, if I didn't have the church in my life to help me be the parent that I am, to help my kids be who they are... Um, I don't know how we'd do life without that community. Not only to reset every Sunday, right, but to surround your kids with people who may not think like you, or but, right? Just because it's a Christian household does not mean it's a perfection or ideal household, right? right? I think sometimes people get that image in their head. But it does mean that people rely on God in their lives. And surrounding your kids with other kids who are struggling with their faith or struggling in any way, shape, or form to have that community around them versus a community where you don't know where they go in times of struggle, I think is huge.
1: Absolutely. And and I think along with that is, you know, the reason I talk so much about ritual at home is that when the world, when the bottom drops out, if your ritual is always to light a candle, let's say um, every time you pray or um, to light a candle every time someone dies that you love, when their world, when when the bottom drops out, which it will right. for all of us, we have something to do, something that pulls us together. So you go to that candle or um, they'll you know, they'll say, let's say the Lord's Prayer. It just gives you something that, that, that centers you. It's like a tornado and you're just flipping all around. And if you can find that center, the tornado can still whip around you, but you know that you're okay. And I think that's what the rituals do. They just give us kind of a, a spiritual language because when you go into that fight or flight mode and your world is so upset or whatever, those things become critically important. We need those at church and we need those at home.
0: I like that because I think sometimes we think we only need those in a worship service on Sunday morning. But it is true when um, you and I have been friends for gah, a while now. 100%. Yeah. And there have been times in both in our lives where the bottom has dropped out. And to, to, to lean into our faith and to lean into each other in that we know that we can stop and just Pray or stop and light a candle or, you know, we've started that in the Lenten season where we light a candle every day. And at the beginning, it was like this. I'm such a good mom there's butterflies and birds and we're sitting around a table and we're praying for a whole minute and then by like day six i think i shared this with you mm-hmm. during prayers my boys were trying to blow out the candle with their nose oh i do remember yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. right so it was like this like kabonk, wait is this a holy moment but it was still Even if it lasted five seconds, where my family was around one table, all focusing on the grace and the love of God, it's a win. Yeah. It's a win. And and it's fun.
1: I mean, again, don't make it a punishment. It can be playful. Like, I don't really want them blowing out the candle with their nose either. But, I mean— there's something about laughing together and loving each other that is the sacredness. So it isn't the candle that's sacred. It's it's the candle's just the thing that we put in the middle of the table. What's sacred is that we're together mm-hmm. and we're acknowledging that our love is real. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if kids are ever going to learn the love of God, they're going to learn it through their family. Right. It's just it's where it happens.
0: Right. So um, I think I've shared before one of the other podcasts. You know, sometimes little things become. Routines. So, for example, uh, our family we had a, a Bible story that we used to read at the breakfast table. And again, started out strong, right? And then the devotion book cut, you know, covered with cereal or whatever. And one day we, I was like, grab the devotion book. We'll read it in the car. It became our new thing. It just stayed in the car. Right. We read it on the way to the car, and it became this beautiful way to start. The day. Um, But that was just, you know, happenstance. Have you ever seen some things or done some things into practice that might take some effort, but are worth it in the long run? Yeah. Um, You know,
1: one of the things that um, I think the candles, the candles, I, I've done a lot throughout the years with candles. So we send home a candle for Advent. We send home a candle for whatever. But I've also done um, blessing cups, which are just a, it's just a cup. And sometimes you can get like a beautiful looking wine glass or something that just, you know, children love and, mm-hmm. and everybody loves. And um, you just fill it with whatever beverage, Coke or Water or whatever you want. And um, at dinner, you pass it around and everybody drinks a blessing for the week. So you say, let's look over the week and let's drink. It's almost, it's kind of communion esque, but it's not communion, kind of that love feast thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I have seen families pass that cup now to their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So it's really lovely. Like the grandparents started it, the parents used it, and now the kids do it. And so those tangible things that are, that you're able to pass on, I think are really important.
0: Well, and you're creating, again, a sense of holiness around your table and connection within your family. Um, I
1: think the cuddliest places, you know, I think sometimes for our sacred time, too, we we try to think of a new way to do it. But what you want to do first, I think, is look in your home and be like, where is it that we're already connecting Mm -hmm. at bedtime Um, When you're doing the prayers or your whatever, mealtime is a time to connect. You know, when are we already connected? At night, when the TV goes off and everybody's getting ready to go to bed, to just stop and be silent and light a little candle for 10 seconds would change the whole bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. So you want to look at where are we already, for young babies, the bathtub is the holiest place. Uh, I mean, they're just so precious. And uh, so uh, I used to do this thing where I would ask parents to take flowers, little tissue paper flowers, and place them when they had a holy moment, just be aware of your holy moments and the kitchen table and the bathtub and the bed, the child's bed were the three places where, um, holiness just naturally happens. So start there, you know, don't drag everybody into the special dining room and sit down the (laughs) table, just start where it's already organic, let it grow organically. Oh, and I have to say, take a walk, take a walk. God is so much in nature. You cannot be in God's world and not recognize God. So if you did nothing else but just unplug five minutes a day and take a walk with your kids, you would experience God in a way that that well, is unbelievable. naming it, right?
0: right. When yes. When you're taking a walk, it doesn't have to be a walk where you hold hands and sing the Lord's Prayer, no. right? 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 Like you're just walking with your family. But naming then when you get home, where did you see God on the walk? Where did you experience faith? I think um, when we name that God is present, we notice the holiness and the Holy Spirit, you know, working among among us um i mean kind of a bad example but i'm going to do it anyway because i can um we were looking for, to get a car for cody right and so at one point we were going to get him a toyota tacoma i had never noticed that toyota tacomas are everywhere like everywhere i look now i see a toyota tacoma well it's not that there's more e- toyota tacomas it's that i'm i'm noticing them right. right if we can do that with our faith and name where we've seen god so one thing i'm trying to do with my kids is at the end of the day when we're all gathered together and every day's different with the age kids i have but say where did you see god today how did you experience god today Instead of what'd you eat for lunch, <laughs> right? Or how was your day? And and I think that I think
1: the key to that too is to be authentic yourself. So I think sometimes we look at doing spirituality at home like we're the adults and we're going to give spirituality to our kids. I think it's a shared experience among family members. So uh, if you're going to do things like that, and you know your kids are going to be silly. Some days they're going to be like, I saw God and my friend. Um, But sometimes they're going to be like, oh, shut up. You know, I'm not doing this. Um, But you say, well, I'm going to share with you where I saw God. Mm -hmm. And they will know if you're making it up or if you're real. So you got to be real, Mm -hmm. Um, which means that we have to be vulnerable with our children. And society would tell us that we are the parents and they're the kids and we're the bosses and they're not. But spirituality is is vulnerable, and so anything that you do, you got to do it authentically. Um, and if you do that, they're going to say, "Oh, I get this." There's something that was important to my mom, to my dad. I want that too. Don't underestimate the power that you have as a power as a parent. I mean, they love you, and they may not show it, and especially when they're 14 years old. <laughs> but they love you, and you are the biggest influence in their lives. So. Be authentic and let them see your spirit. I, mean, it, I think sometimes if we did nothing but share with our kids our authentic spiritual journey without preaching, without having an ulterior motive, without to, oh, I'll tell you a story, and it's really to tell you that you misbehaved. Right. But if we truly say, if you're taking a nature walk and you truly say, I cannot believe how beautiful bluebirds are, your child will be changed because of that. You know, it. this isn't hard. Right. It's really simple. But sometimes in our world, it's hard to be simple. simple. And it's even more hard to be vulnerable. Right. Real. It's about what's real. And that's the question they're going to ask. They're going to say, is this real? They will all come to a point in their lives where they're going to say, is this real? And if you have been authentic in your faith journey, they're going to know it's real.
0: Right.
1: I believe her. I believe him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if you had to give one piece of advice— to maybe a young mom, what about the mom that, or the dad that didn't grow up in the church and they don't know how to do this faith thing? Um, we actually talked about that a couple of weeks ago with our children's pastor. And she said, you know, search together, look together, do things together. But how do you get started? What's, what's the simplest thing to do?
1: I think the simplest thing is to trust God, to remember that you're not doing a whole lot you're holding sacred space and God will show up. So trust that even if you don't know what you're doing, God will be there. And I think you start with silence. Mm -hmm. You sit in silence for 20 seconds and it helps to light a candle because candles are beautiful. And I think if you just started with that, just 20 seconds and then 30 seconds of silence and then a minute of silence, God will show up. Mm -hmm. Um, God says, be still and know that I am God. So if you don't have the words, you don't know your Bible, you haven't read it, whatever, just be still and trust that God will show up and God will.
0: And I think in today's society, as I'm holding my phone with my iWatch on my, you know, around my wrist, um, to be still and be, I always say it's time to disconnect, to reconnect, um, is important, um, and we don't do it. We're not still. We're not silent. We're always moving and knowledge is coming in. And with all that peripheral stuff, sometimes God can get just lost in all of that. And the last
1: thing our children need is one more thing to learn, one more lecture, one more activity page. They don't need that. What they need is to disconnect and to be still and to remember that they are loved. Mm-hmm. If they know that they are loved, then, I mean, that's 90% of it.
0: Gosh, I wish I would have done this so long ago. So we have a rule in our family now that when you're in the car, you're not on your phone. And it started as our 15-year-old was learning how to drive, right? Like, it's a it's a good rule. Um, but it also was good for me because sometimes as— um, a driver, I will pick up my phone in the at the stoplights or whatever, and just keeping my phone in my purse. And but now we've made it just a rule in the car that you're not on your phone in the car. And the connections we're making again, right? And it's it's amazing that just that simple thing. Now, does it always work? No. Um, are there some words <laughs> Times sometimes <of> Yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. Um, but. When it when it does work and you feel that sacred space and and it's not like we're singing Kumbaya, you know, but we're being authentic and connecting. Um, So when that fire truck goes by, you actually notice it because you're looking up. Right. Um, And that's what I appreciate with the things that you have taught me with faith is it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing that you do. It can be simply lighting a candle. It can be drawing a picture. It can... Cuddling. Yeah, be silence.
1: Looking into each other's eyes and just remembering how beloved you are. This is this is the God work that we're called to do. And it's, it's not theology and it's not a class that we're... It, it, it's just, it's pure. Pure of heart. So I just think I would tell a young parent, a new parent, any parent, just to be still and let God do God's thing. I'm going to slaughter this, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I think, (laughs) I think said, he said, you know, we all wait for um, the burning bush and we say, once the burning bush happens, then I'm going to start praying. Once I understand God, I'm going to start praying. And he said, why don't you just start praying and see what happens? And I think just be silent, see what happens. Mm -hmm. So really, I think if every family just set their clock for 30 seconds and sat together, I think we would have a spiritual revolution, and it would be much deeper than we could ever imagine because God wants to work in our hearts. We just have to give this much space for God to do it.
0: Well, how about we give that space now? So if you're listening, I'm going to ask that you put your phone upside down, that you just sit And um, be silent and be one with God. I hope that you were able to maybe experience that a 10-second pause in your life is a great way to reset. I'm sure in the podcast world... Um, 10 to 20 seconds of silence isn't a good idea. But I just want people to experience sometimes that just stopping and resetting and reconnecting is probably some of the most beautiful things you can do for yourself and for your family. So Leanne, thank you so much for coming oh, in. Thank you for having me. Just reminding us to keep it simple and keep it real. You can find information about our
1: podcast on our webpage SaintAndrewumc.org forward slash family make sure to visit our website where you can subscribe to the show and iTunes so you'll never miss an episode while you're there if you found value in the show we'd sure appreciate a rating or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out too We would always like to thank the creative team for all they do to make us sound amazing. We love getting your questions and feedback, so be sure to send us your questions via email. Blessings.